Hi, this is Money Honestly. I'm Jana Heron, and today we have Stephanie Asimkos, a reporter on my team at Yahoo Finance and Cache, joining us. We'll be talking about weddings during the coronavirus pandemic. Stephanie, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jana. So, really love your articles. You have two, actually, one for Cache and one for Yahoo Money about weddings. And I really wanted to get into this because we're in the middle of the summer. Traditionally, this is a time when people are are going to weddings or in weddings or having their wedding. So what is happening to the wedding season now that we have this pandemic going on? Well, and since the start of this pandemic, the wedding season has really been, or the wedding industry rather, has really been brought to its knees because you know, at the beginning of the pandemic, which, you know, arrived in the country for, you know, in March, a lot of the people who were supposed to get married in the spring didn't. And out of their, you know, this abundance of caution, they decided to postpone, but not cancel their weddings. And now all of this, the summer couples, a majority of them are just saying like, we're doing it. So 76% of summer weddings are still happening in one way or another. Wow, that's that's really surprising considering all that's happened. I would think it would be a little bit lower than that. So what are some of the reasons why people are still going through with those weddings? You know, that's interesting. I actually got to talk to a event planner, uh, Christina Baruch, who's the owner of Events Made Golden. And she works primarily in New Jersey, but does service the tri-state. And what she told me is that, you know, people are two things, really. People are optimistic that by the time their wedding comes around for the summer, and, you know, it's July when we're recording this. So really July and August, these next six weeks, um, they really think that wherever they're supposed to get married, things are going to change. And restrictions are going to sort of relax in some places. And then other people sort of think of this as like a a tactical reason of like, we have to do this now because we don't know if another lockdown like we saw in April, May, we don't know if that's going to come back. So they're just trying to like get it, get it done and get it accomplished and um, that's sort of the, the part they said earlier, is that these, these weddings are still happening in one way or another. So they might look different. They might not be, you know, the big affair. And a lot of people are just kind of scaling it down. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Like, what does it mean to scale it down? What kinds of ways are they going about that? Yeah, people are really, you know, I mean, it's kind of romantic, it's romantic for me to say, because, you know, my wedding wasn't affected. I'm sure I would have a completely different tune if, if this were me, but people are really sort of getting back to basics and having really scaled down versions of weddings. People are getting married in parks. They're getting married in people's backyards. They're having friends go online and become officiants so people can actually have these legal above board marriages. And uh, they're inviting like 50 people or whatever that threshold is for the state that they live in. And uh, that's what they're doing. And, you know, some people are opting to live stream it on, you know, Zoom or Skype or whatever, but that's really what's happening now. And, and then, you know, 12 months from now, 
you know, people are going to maybe potentially think about doing vow renewal parties or first anniversary parties or like a larger reception. And that was another piece of my conversation that I had with Christina, the event planner. Okay. So they're going to do kind of like two different ceremonies. They have the actual ceremony and smaller reception, be able to, you know, celebrate still, but in a COVID kosher way. And then but then they're planning down the road, okay, a bigger celebration. So they're not letting go of that, that piece. Right. I'm thinking of it as like a wedding in two acts. Like the first act is the marriage. Like that is the ceremony, the vows. And then the second act, that's the reception. That's the party. Right. And I saw in your article that you talked about that some couples actually have to uninvite guests so they can make their large gatherings smaller. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah. You know, I, in my reporting, I learned that the average wedding guest list in the U S is 176 people, which I thought was kind of high, but that's the average. We can go a lot higher than that or a lot lower, but 11% of couples are uninviting guests. And that, and you know, credit to them that they are adhering to the CDC guidelines and recommendations for how many people should be gathered and then still remain six feet apart and social distance. And then another thing about weddings is that, you know, the modern wedding, people come in from far and wide, you know, commercial travel isn't what, you know, it wasn't what it was 50 years ago or a hundred years ago when people were getting married. So it's not uncommon for people to have to take, you know, planes or trains or buses to get to weddings. So people are really kind of nervous about traveling also. Sometimes wedding guests (laughs) can self-select out of a wedding and you can just communicate that graciously to the couple or the couple can, you know, uninvite people and say, you know, we're drawing a hard line on our family or our closest friends. And, and that's something that a wedding guest would, would have to understand. There really shouldn't be any hard feelings at this point in what's going on right now in the world. Right. And some guests, like you said, might actually be kind of relieved because they didn't want to have to travel if that, if that was what was expected or needed to do. Who, who wants to get in on, on a plane? these days exactly do but not me (laughs) and even if you could drive and if you have a car some people are really reticent about staying in a hotel or an airbnb so it's not really a a vacation for anyone or like an extended fun long holiday weekend for anyone right and so one of the couples that you talked to and who had that backyard wedding they even had like some things that really you knew that it was a COVID-19 wedding in the sense that they had custom face masks right I did I talked to a couple who got married not even a month ago and they were definitely in that like honeymoon stage where they were just like adorable and like finishing each other's sentences and it was it was precious they were they were adorable but I talked to Benjamin Romer and Melanie Middleton and they live in upstate New York near Albany And they actually got married in Melanie's parents' backyard, which I thought was just so 
quaint and intimate. And they had about 50 people there, mostly family, mostly people who also live in that region of New York. And they had this like very small, intimate gathering. And then of course they made nods to COVID where they had a, Benjamin had a friend who has a silk screening business and sort of commissioned that person to make custom face masks for everyone. And then they all, oh, wow. this was, I thought this was so like incredible. They have a friend who works at a distiller, a liquor distillery. And at the beginning of the pandemic, when a lot of distilleries were sort of turning alcohol into hand sanitizer, that's what their friend's distillery did. So they had little customized hand sanitizer bottles for all of their guests, which I thought was just such like a novel touch, but also extremely practical and just like one way to one way to have fun with it and, you know, make it very, you know, really put the COVID stamp on it of like, this is happening, but this is what we're doing about it. Right, right. And it might be a good little reminder of like all the weird stuff that happened, but yet the silver lining is we got married. Um, exactly. That sounds so sweet. So you also were talking about how some couples are electing to do live stream or Zoom weddings. Can you talk a little bit more about that? What what does that entail? I am so fascinated by this and I wish I could get invited to one because I'm just so interested on in how these all go down. But I mentioned I, I talked to Christina Barouche and she basically said that if you are hosting a Zoom wedding, just to follow your bliss and have fun with it. And the reason that these things are, are happening is that kind of what we talked about before is that, you know, some of her clients are still really committed to getting legally married on that wedding day and then having a larger party at least a year out, just to be conservative, just at least a year out. And, you know, why, I guess sort of the why that this is happening is, is that because people are just so like, you know, terrible pun right here, but like people are really wedded to that date. And there, she was telling me that there's so much symbolism and significance around people's wedding dates. And, you know, it could be anniversaries or it could be a parent's anniversary or like they met on the fifth and then got engaged on the fifth and now they want to get married on the fifth. So there's so many things that happen. And it's totally fine. Couples can do whatever they want. But if you're if you're hosting a Zoom wedding or if you're attending a Zoom wedding, uh, there's really no there's really no etiquette. You know, Emily Post doesn't really have an opinion about these things. We're all making it up. So if you were invited to a Zoom wedding, how would you how would you show up? You know, for example, we're in Zoom meetings all the time for work and you know, you can have your avatar up and not have your video on. So nobody knows that you haven't showered that day. Is that how it works for weddings as well? Pretty much. I mean, and for like all that is holy for a Zoom wedding, mute your line. Like that is the first thing that you should do is mute <laughs> your line. You know, but if, if you do feel so inclined on your end, you feel free to just like pop some champagne or sparkling water, like whatever it is to make it a little livelier because, you know, those of us who are working remotely with office jobs, we're on Zoom 
all day long. So you're not exactly attending a professional meeting. So maybe having a little bubbly would make it a little bit more livelier on your end, just so it's not your run of the mill Zoom meeting that you're having all day long. Right. And what about like gift giving during? Yeah, that's a really good, yeah, that's a great question because, you know, gift giving is, is customary. You know, you attend someone's wedding, you bring a gift, or I think you actually have 12 months to have to send someone a gift. But at any rate, if you're logging in for a Zoom wedding, there is absolutely zero obligation or requirement on your part to send anything on that day. But if you, if the couple, if you're really close to them, or if you're just a very generous person, it's totally nice to like send a little basket of, of goodies or whatever. Or if that's just like not your not within your capabilities, a heartfelt card is really nice too. And that could be, you know, just a little handwritten note or an email saying that you're excited for the couple, kind of like the wishes that you would write if you attended their wedding live, you could write them in a card and then, you know, mention that, you know, COVID and it's really weird what's happening right now, but you're still (laughs) happy for them. Right. And what if you know that you might be invited to like, say that next big celebration when things are back to normal in a year, do you, do you do the gift then? Um, yes. You, okay. you save your bigger gift for that first anniversary party or that 12 month vow renewal or reception or whatever the couple wants to call it. Some parts of the country, some weddings, you know, you, buy off of the registry and that's what you do in other parts of the country. It's just like straight cash in an envelope, whatever it is, you save that for the later date. Right. Okay. And then why are some couples choosing to do the zoom wedding instead of doing like the scale down backyard wedding? What, what are the thoughts there? Well, they, well, you can still do a Zoom, you can still do a backyard wedding, but you can still stream it on Zoom. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. You can so you can have do it both. both worlds. Nice. Yeah, or okay. you can totally keep it, you know, closed loop and only people there who are there live are there live. You know, no one else is off in, in the internet ether of watching you guys. And how long are these Zoom weddings? I mean, you're not there for the entire ceremony and then whatever reception, right? I don't think so. I mean, I think that there is someone there probably if it is in a backyard or a park or, you know, in someone's living room, there is someone there to with, with the phone or with the video equipment who can live stream it, the ceremony. But then I'm not sure if anyone's probably just like propping it up and leaving it on for the duration of the party. I'm not really sure. That's that's another thing to Christina's point is like, there are no rules. Do whatever you want. Right. It'd be kind of cool to see some of those traditional wedding things that you see, like the tossing of the bouquet or the cutting of the cake those things would be kind of cool to see yeah and and what's cool about this is that you know couples can elect to do that 
on their on their marriage ceremony date or they can save it for that in-person reception to like you know tbd or they can do it again live like at that reception so you can still have your first dance but then you know at your reception at a later date and time you can have you know, your first dance, the sequel, right? Like you can just do whatever you want. <laughs> right. So I know yeah, that I mean, it's probably really frustrating for some people who love rules and convention and, and follow it to the letter. But right now it's really open-ended. It's really up to your interpretation. So do you think this will have any long-term effects on how people do weddings going forward? Or do you think um, this is just a temporary thing that once the pandemic ends, we go back to the big, big weddings? See, that's really interesting. You know, talking to Benjamin and Melanie, um, who we mentioned at the top, they had just like the most wonderful things to say about their backyard wedding, which I should mention was planned in a month. So there's really no need. They just kind of disproved that, that idea that it's like, oh, you need at least 12 months, nine months to plan a wedding. They took it, they took it care of it in a month. But you know, they really had a lot of wonderful things to say and really spoke to the merit of a small, intimate wedding and really talked about the meaning of them professing their love for each other and their handwritten vows. And they even said, you know, if we were in front of our larger wedding and their, their initial wedding that had to be canceled was for 225 people. So they said, you know, what we said to each other in front of 50 people was not what we would have said in front of 225 people. And that messaging really would have been lost or muddled in that larger audience. So they really loved how it all happened. And, uh, but then again, I talked to Christina, who obviously is her livelihood is weddings and people planning big enough weddings that necessitate her as a professional wedding planner. So she thinks that weddings are going to go back to normal. And then this is just like a one-time COVID-related anomaly in the wedding industry and that people are going to return to the 225-person affair and destination weddings and people flying in from far and wide and, and really making it big and, and what we know now. But then again, you know, she's... She has an agenda. She's a, a wedding professional. So it's, my opinion is, is somewhere in the middle of that, but really no one cares about what my opinion is. So I, I understand <laughs> did, did Christina say anything about any couples that she has who are planning maybe getting married next year or the year after if they are changing yeah. their plan? Interestingly enough, people who are getting engaged now are planning for 2021, 2022 weddings as business as usual. But what's happening now is that a lot of the venues are having sort of this like bottleneck effect of dates because we know that there's a finite amount of days in the year. And in the wedding industry, there's really only like four days of the week that people get married on. 
at least in this country, it's Thursday through Sunday. And right. there's only so many Thursdays through Sundays. So people who had their weddings derailed for 2020 are now looking at 21 and 22. And so are the recently engaged couples. So there's kind of this, this jockeying for venues and for dates. So what might happen is that, you know, who knows, maybe, maybe I'll be invited to a wedding and it'll be on a Wednesday in, in two years from now, who knows? Right. Oh, interesting. Yeah. That might, might change a little bit, but you know, to her point though, a backyard wedding for as, as romantic and, and chic and not even COVID chic. I think it's just like chic for chic's sake. But, you know, (laughs) it takes a lot of planning. Like there are so many moving parts. And, you know, she gave me this one example about chairs. It's like you invite 50 people and 50 people all want to sit down. Where do you get 50 chairs and 50 of the same chair and 50 chairs that can be rained on? And it's like, oh my gosh, like, you're right. Like where, where does all of that come from? So there are a lot of moving parts to planning it on your own. Whereas going through a wedding vendor and a wedding venue, they have all that equipment. They have the sound equipment. They have the chairs that all match. They have, you know, bathroom facilities for everyone. They have kitchens, like that is what they do. So it's, I think people are just going to figure it out. And it's a trend that I'll be watching closely, but Benjamin and Melanie have no regrets. And they actually have a reception planned at the end of next month and the end of the end of August. And I asked them like, what, not like, what are you going to do? But it's like, they said like, this backyard wedding was a lot cheaper. (laughs) And (laughs) It's in, and you know, of course, what I mentioned before about how much more, how much more intimate and it was, and they really loved that. Also, I'm, I find the end of August would be optimistic for me, at least I think for reception, given we're having ups and downs when it comes to the COVID, yes. but I'm glad that they had like such a great experience with their wedding. Cause I'm sure beforehand that's not what they were thinking. (laughs) And did Christina, the event planner, has she been helping couples like revamp what they were going to do this summer? Yeah, definitely. She told me all about her couples and and her brides that she's, that she works with that are re-engineering their days and, and what they look like. And then she's with them every step of the way of, you know, changing to a new date, And she also says like her brides and grooms come to her and they think that she is like this Oracle. They're like, what do you know now? Has, have the laws changed? And she's like, I don't, (laughs) I don't communicate with the governor. Like, I don't know what you think, but you know, people are just really, there's a, there's an, an excited kind of desperation there. People are just so excited to get married and they're desperate for answers and, They just really want their days to be perfect. And, you know, she said that some clients are just like very, I mean, they're not happy about changing it, but the, the wedding date, I mean, but they just really don't want 
a day where everyone's wearing masks and having to socially distance. So to them, moving it 12 months, 18 months out, whatever it is, is worth it for them. Right. Whereas other people, they're more, as you said, married to the date. Yeah. Um, no and so they are finding ways to be more flexible, which is what we all have had to do during this time. So it's not even just weddings, but it's work, it's school. But for weddings, it's de definitely an emotional time already at a pandemic. It's even worse. Yeah. And, and planning a wedding is... It's a lot about the couple, but there's there's so many other stakeholders too that have opinions, especially if those stakeholders, you know, are paying for the day also. And then people have very strong opinions about it. So I my heart goes out to these couples right now because it it's really it's tough. And every day there's new information. And even if you want to throw something, you know, say like you know, we know where we live in New York and someone's coming in from, you know, an Ohio or something. It's like, well, now you have to self quarantine for two weeks and now you can't come. And there's, there's just a lot of, you know, ever changing information that comes out. So it's really tough. Well, thank you, Stephanie, for joining us today on money, honestly, and thanks for everyone listening. Head over to Apple Podcasts and leave us a five-star rating and review. We'll see you next week. 